The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. In Sarak it says, A man who pricks an eye will make tears fall. And one who pricks the heart makes it show feelings. One who throws a stone at a bird scares them away. And one who reviles a friend will break off the friendship. You say, I understand that. I know what that means. I know that if you prick your eye, it's going to cause tears to fall. And yet already comes on August 2nd, and she says, If only you would open your hearts to me with complete trust, you would comprehend everything. If you can comprehend that if you prick your eye, tears are going to fall, And the other items, Sarah says here. What is our lady coming in with her simple messages saying, if only you would open your hearts to me with complete trust, you would comprehend everything. Are we being duped? 
Do we have the right perspective on the events happening on a daily basis? Both spiritual and secular. Both right and wrong. I don't think man has ever been so blind as we are today. So lacking the ability to perceive things. They fed the news, they hear the news, they understand and say, well, maybe I'm looking at through my knowledge of things, but you can't look at things through knowledge. The whole education system, the, the, the learning of things, what good is knowledge if you don't have a wisdom perspective to understand the knowledge? Knowledge is not good. Wisdom is good. Knowledge on its own does what? Nothing. When you tie wisdom, when you tie God's grace to it, it can be turned to something. But so few people say, well, I'm in the know. I understand that. I know Many people tell me, oh, I knew all this and they fired the first shot, but I never understood it. What good are facts? What good are the things that's happening? How do you see things? Eve wanted knowledge, and she went to the tree of knowledge. And she learned things she shouldn't have learned. Why did they start smoking commercials? Because they know with Cassius, it trains them to do that. It's not good to know evil. It's not good to know scandal. Pick up a paper full of things that would never have been printed a hundred years ago. Right? Because... These things normalize. The knowledge they put out normalizes what they're right about. Anybody would be good today. Just pick up a newspaper, watch the news, and look at it and say, Oh, God, grief. But what you do on a daily basis, what I've lived on a daily basis before we measure, before we started following the messages, we didn't see it that bad because we didn't comprehend anything. If only you would open your hearts to me with complete trust, you would comprehend everything. Our lady is saying this because we don't comprehend things that's going on around us. From the politics, from economics, the spiritual. I've had so many Catholics says, I, I don't know about this Pope Francis now. I heard he said this about things I won't go into because we don't discuss these abominable issues. We don't want to normalize it in the family, in our community, because it's profane, it's perverted, it's disgusting. But immediately I tell them, don't you, don't you see this? Don't you see the Pharisees came to Jesus and Jesus cleverly said, you demons? It's all prep. They did the same thing to Benedict five, six, seven years ago. Asked the same questions. So they could answer it for the Pope and twist it around what he said. I don't believe what people are reporting what the Pope says. I don't believe it because it's against church teachings. No, it's against what the church teaches. It's not church teachings. The church teaches what Christ taught. It's against Christ's teachings. And the church won't be against that. Neither will Pope Francis. I don't need to know and go and read and research it. I know whatever they said that we're hearing and people are telling me he said, he didn't say that. 
or it didn't imply that. They implied from what they want to ask the question to drive the answer they want to report. How stupid can you be to believe this? And people think he's doing this or saying this. It's because you don't comprehend things. Knowledge, facts, events have to be viewed through a biblical view, through a message view, through a spiritual life, a fasting and prayer, to see with clarity what is truth. Very few people see truth. Very few people can discern truth. I don't get anything in research here without knowing the bottom line of what it's about and what they're trying to get me to believe and why. Because I look at through the Bible's eyes. I know the Bible says a man who pricks his eye will make tears fall. It's true because in reality, I've experienced that. In living the messages, I've experienced the reality of the messages and the truth they give. You gain wisdom to know how to understand knowledge. I love knowledge in a biblical way, in a holy way. I read constantly. I fight to always be reading a book. No sooner I finish one book, I'm reading another one. I'm reading a fantastic book. Started off slow. I didn't like it about Vietnam. I redeem the battle there. And you learn a lot about the spiritual life. You learn a lot about obedience. You learn what these soldiers were asked to do, and in one second later, when they were obeying that command, got killed. And they saw this all day long for three days. But they obeyed anyway. They knew they were going to get killed. Or a great possibility of being shot. Why am I saying this? Because that's knowledge of something in Vietnam. I apply it to the spiritual life. And a lady couldn't be saying, if you would only open your heart to me with complete trust, you would comprehend everything. But we don't trust her. We don't say, well, she's asking me to do this, renounce the television. That don't really mean I should renounce it. She said to you and to me, renounce television. The exorcist says to the person who's possessed, to the devil in her. I say her because the Vatican has put out most possessions are by women. Yes, I can be a man. But he says, Prayers to renounce Satan. And you still want to cling to it? You still want it? You still desire it? So did Eve. And so when I started writing, even in they had the first shot about HHS mandate, what I didn't cover very strongly, and I'm, and I'm very strongly against it, but the question has to be asked, why do we have it? What's his purpose to chastise us? Why? Because there's something with wisdom you can see that if this thing's so bad as it is, forcing us to violate our conscience, that it's a penalty and judgment against the medical profession, against the system. A friend just sent a writing about how doctors die. They don't die like you and I would die. When they get a terminal illness or stomach cancer or something like that, you know what they do? They go home and die in peace. 
They don't take the chemos. They don't take all the treatments. They don't take all the other things. What they recommend and what they do, they don't prescribe for themselves. So if you want to know how to die, do research on it, how doctors are dying. They've been through the gamut. They know what happens. Are they necessarily evil? No. It's the system. The system tells them they have to do that. They have to recommend this because if that patient dies, then he gets sued. I want to do research on how much a body in a car wreck with somebody brain dead, supposedly, the harvesting of those organs to the medical system, what it brings, I I won't be shocked at all. I'll be shocked if it's under a million dollars. A dead body's worth a lot of money. Sell the eyes, sell the kidney. Oh, they're not selling it. That's free. Yeah, but taking it out. The operating room cost. The doctor's cost. Flying. I've seen uh, human eyes box uh, that the the stewardesses carry on the planes. They put them out on a plane and take them to another state or another city. The harvesting of the body, is this from God? And when the money gets involved like that, do you think it's pure? There's a purity around it? You think there's not corruption? Who gets what? How it gets there? You think the temptation on the hospital? Well, yeah, they're brain dead. HHS mandate is a chastisement. It's the judgment of God against us. That's why we have it. Oh, I'll fight it. But I fight it by righteousness and holiness and living and not, not participating in those things of the system. How doctors die is very telling. Why would they do that? Why did they not take the treatment? One story I read in there said that of all the people that's been resuscitated who were terminally ill, it was the benefit of no, not one of them in his career. They all died anyway. None of them walked out. Why do we resuscitate a 90-year-old who's terminally ill with cancer? Or a 70-year-old, for that matter? For what? The doctors do this because they know it's just pain, it's suffering, and there's difficulties going through that. We're not talking and teetering on euthanasia. Nothing of the sort. I say this only as an example that a man who pricks an eye will make tears fall, that you should be able to have the wisdom to the messages and see that the HHS mandate would not happen and be imposed on us to violate our conscience unless there's something wrong with the system. And it's bigger than an individual who might want to stop it and be against it in the system. It's an antichrist system. Actually, the church taught this years ago, that the Antichrist will be a system. It may be headed by man, but it, we see this. We think it's the individual, but he's going to be ruled by the system. Hitler was Catholic. He, was against, he didn't drink. He was against abomination. The way people live lifestyles like that. But he became part of a system. And that evil got into him. I don't praise any virtue of his. I'm just saying the system is evil and it's growing. I know he's here to destroy that. And so why are we not looking? Why do we not understand 
Nobody's ever criticized me for writing Ain't Gonna Happen, except those who are in the Medjugorje movement. I don't belong to that movement. Medjugorje is bigger than the movement. It's a phenomenon. They've criticized it. We should just stick to the message. It is the message, Dumbo. Paul called people stupid. If only you would open your hearts to me, you would complete trust, you would comprehend everything. You'd understand the message is about politics, it's about Obama, it's about money, it's about the health care system, it's about you, it's about your sins, it's about our life, it's about the way the world's going to go, it's about the economic collapse coming. $16 trillion is not an economic problem. It's a moral problem. Everything Our Lady wants us to understand is in the message, and it covers every subject from the environment to the Pope, to the President, to the peasant. Everything. She's come to change the world. Do you not get it? Some of you do. Thank God you do. People write to us all the time saying, we live by your writings. It's not mine. I don't know what I'm going to write sometimes. I just said, I have to, I got to write a word as a harvester. They find the shirt was a... They found the first shot was a one-page saying, turn into words of harvester, turn into a book. I didn't want to write it. I didn't plan to write it. But I look at things to the message and nothing else. And I say that including the scriptures, including what the church's teachings are about Christ's teachings. And then when you do that, you understand everything. You won't be snowed. Isn't it funny? Snowden's name is Snow. He wasn't going to be snowed. He went too far. But what he revealed about the NSA is good. Do you believe the media right now that we're closing down 19 embassies because Congress, even liberals and conservatives are joining together to stop the National Security Administration from tapping all phone lines and coming in and covering everybody and everything that's said? That was good what Snowden released. He went too far on the other stuff. But he wasn't going to be snowed. But are you being snowed by 19 embassies? Even if there's a terrorist attack? I don't believe it. I don't believe the government. Because suddenly, two weeks ago, Congress is coming close to stopping them from tapping your phone. If Maria calls me from Medjugorje, that's data is kept. And they went to three hops. One hop is Maria to me. The second hop now, NSA is doing, is going from me to everybody I talk to. And they've taken a third hop, three hops, something they say they never do. This is proven. This has come out in the last two, three weeks. That goes from people I talk to to everybody they talk to, which really means everything is being doubted. The data out there is there. You say it's encrypted. They become so sharp at reading encrypted messages they can tell you if you're talking to a doctor who the doctor is and what your illness is by not even hearing the words. They look at the frequency, what time it calls, how it works out. They figure this out. So don't think it's encrypted. They won't know what you're saying. I've got nothing to hide. But I don't like the fact that our entity, as big as a government, who's prone toward evil, that grows in power, won't use this to create more evil to stop us from just living our faith. 
you can't say abomination and abominable marriage is that bad. You're hate crimed in your heart. We shut you down. Everybody should be against any entity, especially our government, that's growing in this way. And thank God, even the liberals are saying, hey, this is, this is going too far. But it's an antichrist system. So what I'm saying is, if you know that when your eyes pricked, it's going to tear up, that when they close down 19 embassies after NSA is doing this, they got to come up with a fear tactic to scare everybody. Oh, no. Let an embassy be hit. That's better than the government giving that kind of power. Because here, embassy may be hit every now and then. But when the government's got it, everybody's going to get hit. And we see it. We're seeing a crackdown on Christians. We're seeing a crackdown on the church. If only you would open your hearts to me with complete trust, you would comprehend everything. It's easy to see. Could I be wrong? No, I'm not wrong. I know this is right. I saw what happened with Trayvon Martin. I wrote about that. The Benghazi thing. People still don't get Benghazi. This is just a disguise for Obama to steal the election. And nobody sees it because they're using knowledge. And they're saying it was gun running. They're saying it's this, it's that. Look at the overall picture. How can three of the swing states with only a few hundred thousand votes that just on the writing votes swing it toward Obama? It's corrupt. I have to know the facts. I may not have every detail of it, but the spirit is what Sun Tzu taught. Know yourself and know your enemy. You win all the battles. Know yourself and not your enemy, you lose half. Don't know yourself or your enemy, you lose everything. It's good to read a lot of secular things. It's good to have the knowledge viewed from spiritual vision. And so it is. We have $16 trillion in debt. And there's no fix to this. And you need to be running to fix your situation personally. Forget Washington, forget Congress, forget the Supreme Court, forget everybody what they're doing, the media. You need to get yourself in a position, spiritually first, physically second, both wedded together, and living a holy way of life. And that's what Jones reading today is about. This comes from moneynews.com and is entitled, Economist Caution, Prepare for Massive Wealth Destruction. Take immediate steps to protect your wealth now. That's exactly what many well-respected economists, billionaires, and noted authors are telling you to do. Experts such as Mark Faber, Peter Schiff, Donald Trump, and Robert Weidemer. According to them, we are on the verge of another recession, and this one will be far worse than what we experienced during the last financial crisis. Mark Faber, the noted Swiss economist and investor, has voiced his concerns for the U.S. economy numerous times during recent media appearances, stating, I think somewhere down the line we will have a massive wealth destruction. I would say that well-to-do people may lose up to 50% of their total wealth. When he was asked what sort of odds he put on a global recession happening, the economist famous for his ominous predictions quickly answered, 100%. 
Faber points out that this bleak outlook stems directly from Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke's policy decisions and the continuous printing of new money referred to as quantitative easing in the media. Faber's pessimism is matched by well-respected economist and investor Peter Schiff, the CEO of Euro-Pacific Capital. Schiff remarks that the stock market collapse we experienced in 2008 wasn't the real crash. The real crash is coming. Schiff didn't stop there. Most alarming is his belief that daily life will get dramatically worse for U.S. citizens. If we keep doing this policy of stimulus and growing government, it's just going to get worse for the average American, he said. Our standard of living is going to fall. People who are expecting Social Security can't get all that money. People expecting government pensions can't get all their money. We simply can't afford to pay them. Equally critical of the current government and our nation's economy is real estate mogul and entrepreneur Donald Trump, who is warning that the United States could soon become a large-scale Spain or Greece, teetering on the edge of financial ruin. Trump doesn't hesitate to point out America's unhealthy dependence on China. He says, when you're not rich, you have to go out and borrow money. We're borrowing from the Chinese and others. It is this massive debt that worries Trump the most. Again, he says, we are going up to $16 trillion in debt very soon, and it's going to be a lot higher than that before it gets finished, referring to President Barack Obama. When you have debt in the $21, $22 trillion range, you're talking about a credit downgrade no matter how you cut it. In a recent appearance, Trump went so far as to say the dollar is going to Gehenna, which means the fires of hell. Where Trump, Faber, and Schiff see rising debt, a falling dollar, and a plunging stock market investment advisor and author Robert Weidemer sees much more widespread economic destruction. In a recent interview to talk about his New York Times bestseller book, Aftershock, Weidemer says the data is clear. 50% unemployment, a 90% stock market drop, and 100% annual inflation. Before you dismiss Weidemer's claims as impossible or unrealistic, consider this. In 2006, Weidemer and a team of economists accurately predicted the collapse of the U.S. housing market, equity markets, and consumer spending that almost sank the United States. They published their research in the book America's Bubble Economy. When the interview host questioned Weidemer's latest data, the author unap unapologetically displayed shocking charts backing up his allegations and then ended his argument with, you see, the medicine will become the poison. The interview has become a wake-up call for those unprepared or unwilling to acknowledge an ugly truth. The country's financial rescue devised in Washington has failed miserably. The blame lies squarely on those whose job it was to avoid the exact situation we find ourselves in, including Bernanke's and former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan, tasked with preventing financial meltdowns and keeping the nation's economy strong through monetary and credit policies. At one point, Weidemer even calls out Bernanke, saying that his money from heaven will be the path to hell. I was just told before the show today that uh, one of our Caritas followers has a client in New York. He lives in New York. And he has a client 
as one of the richest men in New York. And he had been telling him, the Caritas follower, that he needs to take all his money out of everything. The writings on the wall, the comprehension of where everything's going is there. And what you can do in a moment or a couple of days may take you a whole lifetime later to do. Here it is, this article here just talks about most people are going to lose 50% of what they have. Wealthy people. Well, they're following the the, the people that financial advice and you you need to spread your this and spread that. When you put it in something solid, land is solid, silver is solid, gold is solid. These are solid things. They have intrinsic wealth. Nothing has value in an immediate total collapse except food. That's why Wall Street said two years ago, three years ago, the future gold is food. That's why they're buying these huge land tracts in the Midwest for corn. And now we're committing the sin of trying to turn it into fuel when God meant to eat it. Yeah, it can be fueled on a long, small-scale basis, but when you try to commercialize this, just for, just for greed, then judgment is cast against it. We're coming that way. Monsanto, all they're doing, what they're doing, with the seeds and the, the patenting and, and, and suing the small people. And we can go on and on about these things. But the main thing is you need to comprehend the knowledge that you have through biblical message and peripheral vision. Look all the way around the issue. And then you'll understand you'll see it clear with clarity. Frank? $16 trillion in debt and a quadrillion, over one quadrillion in derivatives. This is an economic system outside of God's economic system. It's not weighted or measured. And where the powers to be may have some knowledge of how to keep the people dumbed down through the media and the television, they have no wisdom. Because the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God and his finite system. So they're buffoons. And if you're in the paper system, you either don't, understand it, or you think the powers to be have some wisdom that they can keep it up. They, they don't have. This is outside of God, and it's coming under judgment. I would tell people, whatever you have in paper, because of what it is, denominated in Federal Reserve notes, backed by nothing, times at times zero, and you'll have the intrinsic value or the possible risk. Everything you have in silver historically, has been a hundred times, has purchased a hundred times what it does today. It's been consumed in industry, so you can at least put a hundred times that, which I feel and felt for a long time is the most undervalued asset on the planet. So it becomes very easy if you're looking at God's economic system, you're looking at Our Lady's messages, you're looking at the writings Our Lady's inspired you to write, the five major writings. The first two are about how the media is keeping people dumbed down and how the attack on femininity is hurting us. Well, we have the book out there ain't going to happen, which is all about this subject. But for those who've read it, 
really with the progression of, of where we are right now, it needs to be revisited. Things are refreshing. I was just talking to someone about how to change your husband. She'd read that, and she was asking me some questions. And after we talked about it, she says, you know what? I need to go back. Some of the things you're saying, I need to go back and reread How to Change Your Husband. She read a year or so ago at that point. These these things have to be read. Ali's messages, Ali says, read every day my messages. Well, we heard them when she gave it. We put it out. We've seen it a couple of times or whatever you have done. Yet Ali tells us, transform them, read my messages every day, transform them into life. You don't get anything transformed into life without a great study of that information that you need to do that. If you got a set of directions to put together just a simple bicycle, how many times do you refer back to it while you're putting it together? If you're being putting together a new way of life, you think you're not going to refer back to the manual? Are these messages over and over and over? And when something comes out of, ju- out of adjustment, you have to go back to it? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember this. Yeah, okay, she shows me. We read a message every day here. It's our, it's our tuning. The whole community prays in my office on Sunday nights for my message for the week. That's my guidance for the week. And and if it's pointed, if it's picked twice in two, three week period, it's still my guidance. And I get something out of it, even if it's the same message. I study, I look at it, I preferably look at it and incorporate it into my work, into my life. That's why I ask for you to pray for me. We have a large responsibility here. We have a large influence. And I want to take this opportunity to invite everybody that deals with Medjugorje, those who had the sinners, to come on board. To look at the messages in another way. Don't get stuck that we're just supposed to be on the four basic messages. Prayer, fasting, peace, and confession. Holy Mass is not in there. He says, all messages come from these four basic messages. Jesus gave Holy Mass as the last thing. They had to learn a lot before they got to that point. Some people don't want to accept that. So they had it really for a political reason, Holy Mass. So we won't look like we're against the church. We're not against the church. Jesus was against the church when he was building it and showing it and then did that as the last thing. See these words I'm telling you? How you can comprehend more things more easily? When you really look at what I'm saying? So those in Medjugorje who are the leaders in it, broaden your spectrum in this. Come on board. Look what our mission has done in 25 years with so much resistance, and yet it prospers the more it's resisted. And it gets bigger. We can't even keep up with it. And now we've got America's cross. We've got our own cross here. And there's people coming here from different states stopping by, and they all feel the power of June 28th when our lady blessed it. We didn't know she was going to go up there. And Marie's here. We just wanted the cross to be blessed. Our lady double did a, did a good for us. She came up there for an apparition. Told Maria. It was close for the community. Our lady prayed for a long time. And it's a power. Why? Because we're having to go through something and this nation needs to be binded to the cross. And everybody will go through that. HHS is uh, a judgment against us. Our economic woes are a judgment against us. The morality of this nation has fallen. And only purification, the fire of gold, refined. And that's what the America, we say in our hymn, refine us every, from every flaw. Every flaw. How, do you, how do you even reason 
things are going to continue in the way of life as we've known it. It's not going to. And if it's not going to, why are you not acting on that to be ready? That's not my quote. That's not my words. That's our lady's quote. Be ready. And so, with the lady's words, if only you would open your hearts to me with complete trust. We have to trust her. Because a lot of the messages are destructive things in your life, that what you put in your home and how you have things and what it causes in the family. It causes strife to start with. Because you're reordering everything. But that reorder plants a tree that produces fruit that is sweet instead of rotten. It's the culture it has now. Frank, your contact information? Yeah, you can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. And our website is globalsilverinvestors.com. Any last comment? Yeah, just um, stay in the messages. I can't wait to get uh, get back there and uh, make the way of the cross again and um, make pilgrimages. It'll uh, give you light in this time of darkness. Uh, September 14th is the exaltation of the cross. And um, we, we're not going to do a real huge formal thing, but we'll be climbing it that way. We may put it out for whoever wants to come and start planning and thinking about that. We haven't made any kind of announcement yet, but we've been—I've been thinking about it. And uh, I know one of our one of our community members went up after we got off yesterday. Uh, uh, one single consecrated, then two of the single consecrated girls decided they were going to go up, and then another family got up. They seen them passing. I mean, we're seeing each other. We're going up. So there was three three passing groups within the community. Is is, and then I was told the sunset last night was extraordinary. It was so well worth because you know when you worked all day you think well you got to climb the mountain. When you get there you think thank God I climbed the mountain. So you want to come? The grace is there. The grace is alive, and this nation now has a cross that is binded to for its healing. For the cross is healing. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.